0: No homestead is an island. And even though we've been talking a lot about self-sufficiency and self-reliance and blazing our own trails and being out on our own in this podcast season, one thing that we haven't really touched on too much is the role that community plays in our self-sufficiency. And it's really a misnomer to think that someone who's truly self-sufficient is never going to need anything from anyone else because that's not true. It's actually more of a give and take. It's a situation where we're able to work with others and barter and trade and lean on other strengths and share our strengths. And it creates this beautiful synergy that ultimately creates these homesteads that are strong and able to withstand whatever may whatever life may throw our way. So I know this can be tricky sometimes, especially if you are an introvert like I am, um, being super, People doesn't necessarily come naturally to me, believe it or not. Yes, I know I have a podcast and I talk to a lot of people and I do YouTube videos, but believe it or not, a lot of people who are doing things online are pretty introverted. And I'm raising my hand here because that is definitely me. However, we have had quite the journey, Christian and I, over the last couple of years, learning how to better engage with our small town community and also just some really great lessons and how important and valuable it is to us in just both our our personal lives and in our homestead life. So in this episode, I'm going to share a little bit of our story about our small town community and how we have um, started to take on more of a role there and what that can look like for you, whether you live in small town America like we do, or in the middle of a big city, because you can create some awesome community no matter where you live. You're listening to the old-fashioned on-purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader, Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle, and I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. So I got this idea for this episode Um, after, it was a couple months ago, I posted a post on Instagram and Facebook after we had a really special day here. At our homestead. Um, We actually did not organize this day with someone else who had the brilliance to bring this event to pass. We just happened to be the location hosts for this event and we were very happy to participate as well. Um, Long story short, I'm not going to give all the details away because this is personal for a friend of ours. Um, A really good friend of ours is having some health issues and he and his wife were not able to chop the firewood. They we heat with wood like we do. They love the process of wood heat. But due to his health, he wasn't able to get out and chop the firewood they need for the winter. So, his co-workers in our little tiny town decided to have a firewood day for him. And we have as I've talked about in our firewood episodes, we have big logs piles out in our back pasture. They're trucked in from the mountains and we cut our own firewood from these piles, and we also will provide it to friends, right? So they asked if we could host this firewood day here in our back pasture. and of course we said yes. And it was a super chilly Saturday morning. Um, I think it was late February, maybe March. It was cold and it was spitting snow and the skies were gray. And 9 am, here come the trucks. and all of these people descended on our homestead and they had chainsaws and we, they brought tractors and trailers and tools. And I mean, it still gives me chills when I think about it. And they were out there, I don't know, five, six hours, chopping and splitting and stacking. And there were men and women and children. And it made me cry all day because you don't see that very often these days. I mean, you do in, in certain parts of the country, but especially the last year, People are so disconnected and so scared of each other, and I don't know. It was just it was just the most special experience, and I am so thankful we got to be a part of that. Um, it just really renewed my faith in humans, and it just underscored how important community is. Small town community, um, community wherever you live, it's really really important, and in that connection that we build with each other and with other humans is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. But anyway, um, I got off on a rabbit trail. Anyway, (laughs) long story short, I posted this on Instagram and I had a ton of really amazing, sweet comments when I told the story of that morning. But there was also a number of comments from people saying like, oh, well, small town living isn't great all the time, or I live in a small town and it's horrible because people are mean, or, you know, I live in a small town and I can't make any friends. Like there were some comments like that. And honestly, those are refrains that I have heard for a long time, that small town living is brutal and there's gossip and there's animosity and all those things can be true. Absolutely. Um, and we see that sometimes in our community as well. But it got me to thinking about our own journey of us moving to this little area that we did not grow up in. Christian and I live, as I've explained in other episodes, about nine miles away from a very small Wyoming town. Um, Some people would probably call it, it's not a ghost town. There are still people living there, but the town itself has about 250 people and there are no stoplights whatsoever. And a couple churches and a little post office, the bank closed down. There is, there are two restaurants and that's about it. There is a school. Um, And sometimes there's debate as to whether or not the school will stay open. I hope it does, but it's just a very, very small town. A hundred years ago, it was a popping place. There was a swimming pool here. There was a roller skating rink. There was like five grocery stores. Like this was the place to be some really amazing historic ranches started in this area. And it kind of was going to become a hub of business and industry in this part of Wyoming. And then it shifted. The industry kind of went to the north and the south, and this little town got left behind. So we ended up here. Um, Like I said, we were not born and raised here. Christian was born and raised about 50 miles to the south of this town. I'm far, far away and from Idaho. So this is not no connection here in terms of family or childhood. But when we bought our property, this property that we found um, in 2008, that is now our homestead, it just happened to be closer to this town than the bigger town to the south. And so we ended up here. Um and our intention was never I mean, how do I what do I how do I say this? It never was really to be a part of this town, if I being really honest, which sounds horrible. <laughs> when we bought our property, you know, we were super young, newlyweds. we didn't have kids yet. Christian was working in the town to the south, the big town to the south. I was working to in a larger town to the north. And so even though we were closer to this little town we were kind of like, eh, there's nothing there for us. We don't really see any reason to invest in the people in the town or, you know, really do anything in the town because we're never here. We work other places and we just sleep at our house and we're there on the weekend. So that was kind of our pattern uh, for quite a few years. And even when I quit my job and I started having babies, I got so um, bogged down with starting a homestead and building a homestead. And creating my businesses. And I feel like at that point in my life, the the thing for me to do was I just kind of pulled inward and I'm an introvert anyway. And I was very focused on creating and building and saving money and, you know, scraping things together and making things work. And Christian was working a lot of hours outside the home. And so it was kind of survival mode for us. And when you're in survival mode, it's hard to have um, a lot of time or energy to give back. Right. And I feel like we all go through different stages in our life. And at that stage in our life, it was just trying to keep ourselves afloat and our kids afloat and our homestead afloat. And that's what we did. And that was okay. But fast forward to now, we're in a different place in life. Our kids are a little bit older and our businesses are a little more secure and we have a little more disposable income. And I wouldn't say we have more time, but we're better at managing our time and we're better at hiring people to help expand the hours in our day. And so we're in a different place. And I think about two years ago, I don't know, it just kind of hit me and Christian that it's time for us to start investing locally. You know, prior to that, we'd done a lot of traveling with doTERRA. We were doing trips like every couple months and just a lot of traveling. So I felt like I was always very distracted. And then the travel kind of tapered down a little bit. I started to feel like I didn't really want to be traveling as much. COVID definitely helped with that (laughs) because that was an option that was taken off the table. And I don't know, I just simultaneously, I'm like, we're supposed to be here for a reason. And I don't know what it is, but I know we're supposed to be here. So we started to invest more in relationships here. I mean, we knew people up to this point, but like deeply invest in relationships, regularly invest in relationships. And it's been awesome. And so I just wanted to share some of the ways that we have created connection. And kind of as I'm thinking about the comments that came in on that, firewood post and people talking about how miserable it can be to live in a small town or how you can never get anything done. I mean, I, I get it. And I have felt those things about where we live sometimes, but I've also learned a few things and I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form as far as how to keep on trucking and keep on moving forward. So like I said, not an expert, but I just wanted to share the things we've done that have been really gratifying and have helped us to start build inroad, to start to build inroads where we are. And it's really important, I believe, as homesteaders, you know, to invest in our local community, whether that's other local farmers and producers, you know, you can't grow everything on your homestead. I mean, I don't know anybody who actually does that, right? We do the best we can, but then there's a point where we're like, I can't grow all the things. So we get to find other people and other small farms and other artisans that we can support and I love being able to do that so homesteading is all about community even though we don't always talk about that in homestead circles it's really really important and online community is really big for me obviously um that's carried me through many many years when I I felt like I didn't have a lot of local connection um but local connection is pretty special too. Hey friend I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Greenhouse Megastore. After a ton of research last year as we were trying to figure out how on earth to build a greenhouse that could withstand our harsh Wyoming weather, we stumbled across Greenhouse Megastore and they were a game changer. Not only do they have an incredible number of greenhouse kits ranging from large to small and everything in between, they also carry low tunnels, cold frames, hoop houses, shade cloth and even easy to ship polycarbonate panels, that's the greenhouse plastic panel, if you want to build your own structure from scratch. If you're looking to extend your growing season and grow more food this year, they will be your go-to resource. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash greenhouse to shop and be sure to use code HOMESTEAD when you check out to save 10% on your order. Plus. All orders over 99 bucks ship for free. Now, back to our episode. Uh, A few thoughts of how we have started to take steps into our community and what's happened as a result. So, I think the first one, if you're coming into a new small town community, especially if you're brand new to the area, the biggest one I would recommend, especially in agriculture or ranching or farming communities, is... To be humble and come at it with a learning attitude and a growth mindset. And I've just noticed in working with all sorts of different um horse people, ranch people, farm people, ag people, like there's a definite suspicion of what they would deem, like anyone who they might think is a city slicker who comes into their turf and acts like they know everything. Um, that's almost a little bit of a stereotype. And that's not to say you have to be a doormat or you have to, you know, walk around with your cow, you know, cowering with your eyes on the ground. But it always helps if you're coming into a place where people have been doing things one way for many years, is just to be respectful of that, even if you have different opinions of practices, right? And that's where I do see sometimes homesteaders and ranching communities like they butt heads a little bit. A lot of ranching Folks are not all of them, but some are a little more conventional, right? They're going to do things the way they've always done it. um, And they have a reason for doing that. And then sometimes homesteaders have been listening to different podcasts and watching documentaries and books. And they have this whole other idea about how you do it more sustainably or how you do it in a more healthy way. And, None of that's wrong, but you have to kind of, I've realized, come into that with an open mind but on both sides and be willing to compromise and talk things through before just passing those blanket statements or tell, walking up to someone who's been doing this for 50 years and just telling them they don't know what they're doing. It just doesn't generally help you win friends and influence people. <laughs> so I'm not saying you have to give up on your convictions. No way whatsoever. You know, stick to your guns on the things that you believe are important, but also just have a humble spirit as you come into a new small town community. Uh, Number two, I think a really big piece is, you know, humans are cliquish. I mean, it's not just small town America that's cliquish. It's everybody. Like, I mean, we just tend to gravitate towards what is familiar and what we know. And so I think it's just natural for folks to have a harder time bringing in new people to the fold, whether that's sometimes it's in churches that happens or schools or whole towns or just different friend groups. It's just It just takes more effort. So we always tend to go to what's comfortable and easy. And so if you're constantly waiting to be invited, I mean, not that you would go and invite yourself in awkward ways, but sometimes you have to make the first step, right? Sometimes you have to uh, put yourself out there take a little bit of a risk. Don't always wait for the opportunity to come to you. Sometimes you have to go create that opportunity. And we've noticed that just in our little town, that's yielded pretty big results. And it's also, it's really helped people to see that we're here to help, I think, versus just like, I don't know what they thought of us prior, but you know, those weird homestead blogger people up on the Hill, maybe, I don't know. But I think just coming into it, like, Hey, we're here to support the community. We're here to support you guys. What can we do? Here's an idea that's helped. Um, I know for us when we, we kind of, you know, went from the out of town people who kept to ourselves. And then when we purchased that little fixer upper house in town last summer, I told you guys about that on a previous episode that, help that people kind of were like, whoa, you guys actually are, you kind of want to see the town improve. That's cool. Like, and I'm not saying you have to go buy a house and fix it up to, to do this, but that for us was a step that we really felt called to. It made sense for us. It's something in our wheelhouse and that little bit of risk taking and putting ourselves out there and saying, Hey, we're going to choose to invest in this town, even though we don't live in in it, we just live near it. That, that was a, a really good move. I think for the community and for us being a part of the community. So things like that, again, it doesn't have to be big. It can be a small version of that, but that has, that has helped a lot. I think just being willing to sometimes be the one to come up with an idea. Sometimes it's hard to get people rallied around it, but that's okay. Do it anyway. And just see how it grows from there. Um, Next one, I think that just give people some time and to, to warm up to you. You know, it's okay to be outgoing and friendly And I think we should be outgoing and friendly if that fits the situation. But sometimes it just takes people a little while to feel you out, make sure that, you know, you're trustworthy and that you're not a weirdo. And um, I don't know, I've just noticed with certain relationships, just putting myself out there, but then also just giving them a little space and letting them to decide what they want to do with it moving forward has helped create more inroads and just giving people a little bit of time because small towns are, they move a little slower um, and they just have a different pace, which can be wonderful and charming. But it also just means sometimes they need a while to ruminate on things. Change is rough. Um, sometimes new faces in town are rough. New faces with ideas can be rough. So just give folks time to warm up. And then um, the last one, I think, I think this holds true to no matter what sort of human group you find yourself a part of, But a big one for us is one of the things I noticed as we started to get to know people in our area, and there wasn't any one particular person or group, it just seemed to be the common theme. There's a lot of division, um, sometimes in small towns, and a lot of grudges, because everyone's lived here in in a close location for hundreds of years. Some of these, some families have been here a very long time. And so you get almost, it's almost like the Hatfield and McCoy dynamic going on in in certain cases where, well, my grandpa didn't like his grandpa, so I don't like her. And and it's just like, whoa, like this actually, this is actually a thing. And there's been so many instances where just talking to people in our local area of, you know, hearing about, oh, we used to be best friends, but now I don't, now we're not, and our families don't speak. And there's just a lot of pieces, parts of the uh, community here that have been kind of shattered by division. And so my biggest goal in coming in is to not contribute to division. And I know that's really hard because whenever humans get in the middle of things, we tend to muck things up, right? It gets messy. So I'm not claiming perfection here or advising perfection, but my goal is to not contribute to division. And if I do feel like, you know, Someone wronged me or maybe I wronged them to try to keep those accounts short and get that cleaned up and cleared out as much as I can so I'm not contributing to more um, just breaking apart of relationships in the community. And, and I'm assuming that's pretty much a dynamic in a lot of small towns. Um, and some are, they struggle more than others, but I know for, for our area, my goal is to create more connection and not less. So I don't know. That's just my, those are just my thoughts. I just have been thinking about this a lot lately. And honestly, COVID, this last year with COVID and all the quarantines and everything, like it really, really underscored the importance of community to me. And as we started to lean on people in our local tiny little town more and more, um, because nobody wanted to go to the bigger towns, you know, it's awkward and weird and things were out of stock and it just got icky during that first bit of spring 2020, we really pulled in. And I'm thankful for that experience because it showed me that whether I'm homesteading or just living life in general, community is important. And it also has caused Christian and I, as we look into the next phase of our homestead, it's less about maybe, you know, what we can do just for our own needs because our needs have been met, right? Right we figured out a lot of things just for our own family. And we're starting to think, okay, for our next homestead project, how could this serve our community at large in a different way? Um, Even, you know, we built our milking parlor. One of our driving forces there was, well, maybe eventually we can be be providing milk for more families than just ours. And even building a greenhouse. It's a pretty big greenhouse. And right now I think I'm filling it pretty adequately (laughs) with stuff for us. But there's definitely enough room for me to grow extra bedding plants, more bedding plants than I need, more vegetable starts than I need. So I'm like, how can I help support and maybe give get organic food or organic heirloom vegetable starts for the people around me, not just us. And I think that is a really special part of homesteading. And it's really one of the old fashioned pieces that we can definitely highlight and bring back into what we're doing now. You know, you read any accounts of old time farm communities or pioneer communities, and they leaned heavily on each other. And some of my favorite stories where you find the old photos or whatever of, you know, the barn raisings or the threshing parties where everybody got together and they worked on a common project and then they ate a ton of good food. I mean, like, that is what it's all about. Um, it It just makes me so happy. And there's a term, I first heard it, From Brene Brown in her book Braving the Wilderness. And she calls it collective effervescence. And what it is referring to is that thing and that feeling and that dynamic that happens when a group of humans come together and work towards a common goal. And that is what I know we felt that day when we were out there chopping firewood in the sleet. (laughs) Uh, We were freezing, but I think all of us felt pretty warm and fuzzy. And it's just that that dynamic of, of people coming together and working on something that's bigger than themselves. And so there's so much potential in small-town America. And even if you don't live in a small town or in a rural town, you can create that same dynamic in your own community group. Even the the biggest of cities, they're they're still broken up into areas and neighborhoods and smaller communities. And so my challenge for you is whether you're in the suburbs or an apartment complex, or you do live in a tiny town of 300 people like I do, how can you start creating that connection and bringing people together? And sometimes when you're in a city, you might have more people packed in a tighter space, but it can be more difficult to create that connection, right? I know my, the neighborhood I grew up in that my parents still live in it's very small. And I would say, you know, all of the houses could probably fit in our homestead property fence line. But even though everyone's so close together, a lot of folks don't know each other. And there's people who've lived in those houses for decades and decades next to each other that don't even know each other's first names. And I am proposing, and just, I'm saying this to myself, just as much as anyone else, you know, how can we start building more bridges and creating more connection, um, you know, reaching out. Homesteading is a great way to start building that, sharing eggs, sharing vegetables, asking if people want to come over and help. I think the best way to get to know someone or at least the least awkward way is to, um, do a project together. You know, sometimes when you're just like come over for dinner, that works sometimes, but then other times it gets awkward because you don't know them very well. And you're just like sitting at the table, looking at each other and trying to figure out what to say. If that's not your jam, ask them to come over and help you snap beans or plant the garden or paint the barn or can some tomatoes. Like, I feel like that's a awesome way to not only get something done, but start creating that more laid back connection. And it doesn't have to be awkward in the process. So anyway, that is my challenge for you, my friends. Get out there, reach out to your neighbor and see how you can get involved. Because when we're talking about bucking the system, this is a really big part: is strengthening our local communities, so we're not just always dependent on the giant infrastructure as a whole. Because we can strengthen that local food production, the local connections, we can get bartering going and trading. We don't have to be dependent as much on those outside resources. So I hope that was inspiring to you. Um, I'm going to have a pretty big announcement in regard to something that we're doing in our little tiny town, but you're going to have to wait. I'm going to be sharing that news on the first episode of the next season and I'll be sharing that theme and the big announcement then so stay tuned it's something I've been alluding to for a while I have not been able to share it but it's the time is almost here and I'm really excited also a little scared but mostly excited (laughs) so that's coming um in the meantime I think we have one more episode of this season, then we'll take our little break before we start up with the next theme. So this has been a fantastic season. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have. If you want to stay in touch with me in between podcast episodes, you can follow me over on Instagram at the Prairie Homestead. Or if you're not into social media these days, you can stay connected with me on email. If you head over to the slash layout, you can add yourself to my newsletter. I email you once a week. It's not junk. I promise it's good homestead info. You will like it. Um, and you also get my free homestead layout PDF in the process. So my gift to you. So as always, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. And we will chat again on the next episode of the old fashioned on purpose podcast.